0: To inspiration from the couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms.
1: Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out.
2: It's sure to be fun and you may be inspired along the way. Welcome. So today we are going to be talking about change right? And we think of that quote that like the only constant in life is change, right? So things are always changing. It's inevitable. It is universal. It's really relevant and it can be really, really hard. So a lot of people end up in our our offices because of changes in their life, right? And so today we might do two parts on change. So we might do a later one on like how to make changes to yourself in your life. But today we're really talking about how to cope with life transitions and changing circumstances in our lives. So let's kind of just go through some of the examples, either, you know, maybe what you see in terms of what are some of those life transitions that
0: entail change. Yeah. Yeah. So I think about like big life transitions, like getting married, having children, like how your life does not look the same, like your life has changed. But even like right now specifically, I think about those smaller things, like we're about, we're in July right now, but I think this is going to drop probably in August. Um, but it's this change of like getting back into the like fall school year schedule. And sometimes that can be a change in like pace of life, but it also can be kind of like an awareness of like forward progression, like growing up. And I think we're going to talk more about nostalgia in a future podcast, but kind of sometimes it can be rife with, with that developmental as well. Changes. You guys, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think similar um, to what you were saying, Avery, when I think about like coping with changes, usually it's, it's they're big life changes and not always negative things. Sure. A lot of times they're, they're very much positive. I'm thinking about you, Lucy, you were, you know, telling us stories about Norman, your French yes. yeah. and, and the change that comes about, like when you get a new, mm-hmm. get a new pet, we have three cats now instead of two and it's uh, exciting. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, just little ones, big ones. Yeah.
2: So how do each of you feel about change?
1: When it's good. I was going to say the silence says it all. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Mixed. Beyond words. Mixed. Uh-huh. I think that a lot of
0: times I am a person I really like to be in control. And a lot of times change goes from something that I've like gotten habituated to and kind of maybe exercise my control. It kind of brings about this idea of like something might not be under my control or I might have to recalibrate. And that can be sometimes exciting and fun but also really kind of cognitively draining. So I I think it's all about like how much, like I'm thinking back to the beginning of the pandemic, there was so much change immediately, like how we do everything changed. And that was flooding, overwhelming, awful. But also the change of like going from summer to going back to school kind of feels exciting. Cause like, I like that rhythm of being, so I think it kind of depends on how much and how taxing. Yeah
1: yeah i think it it varies absolutely just depending on the context and what we're talking about i think a lot of times i can kind of go with the flow and i'm okay with with change i think my name actually means to it's the feminine form of james and it means to supplant which means to replace which means that there is change there Didn't You go with the definitions yeah again? i know you're gonna no! hear another one <laughs> when we get to the nostalgia <laughs> podcast I love it. I love it. <laughs> So, yeah i mean i I was just thinking about that like sometimes i welcome change like i like variety i don't like doing the same things all the time so it for me change can be an adventure but also too on the other hand there are definitely moments when i i like just the routine and just kind of settling like oh i don't have to address anything like what you were talking about avery as far as like sometimes the cognitive load of, of change can be very taxing
2: I think for me, maybe there's this, this quality, like change I have control over feels easier for me. So when I've like decided to make the change and it's something I'm looking forward to, like that can roll a little more easily. Whereas if change is thrust upon me, like I'm really bad with spontaneity and like last minute shifts and plans like that is really, really hard for me. Um it's
0: a bit of a challenge <laughs> with that. So like anticipated under your control yeah. change totally feels Makes different it easier than unanticipated.
1: Yeah. I'm, just, I'm thinking of <laughs> I'm thinking about we Lucy and I and my sister have a Disney trip. <laughs> Coming up in October, and you asked me this morning, like, if I've changed the hotel room again. <laughs> so, <laughs> that
2: feels exciting. Yeah, that's like, like exciting that's, change. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Like,
1: again, I mean, it, it is something that's generally within my control, depending on the availability of the rooms. But yes, like, I'm a lot of times we'll be searching, and my sister's like, Where are we staying at? Like, what have you have us booked in today? Because right. I have no idea. We'll yeah. take off on the yeah. flight. Like, yeah.
2: where would we land? <laughs> um. Right,
1: right.
2: <laughs> Yeah, what well, I will say, too, one of the hardest parts about adulthood, I think, has been, um, you know, sometimes it feels like Groundhog Day, where I do miss, and I, this is the good part about having kids, I think, like that rhythm of, like, the school year. Yeah. So, in some ways, I was like, ooh, being a professor would be really cool, because you've got, like, the fall. And then, like, I loved when, like, classes would switch up, and you have a whole new, yep. like, schedule. So, that is the type of change I've loved, but pretty much everything else.
0: Like, predictable, kind of yeah. seasonal, kind of following a oh, like
1: schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. neat.
2: What have been some of the most difficult changes in your lives?
1: For me, one of the biggest adjustments for me was when I left the Dallas VA and went into private practice because uh, I very much love and enjoy working with veterans. I loved my team. I loved everything about being down there, except for the commute, uh, because I do not live on the south side of Dallas. And that's where the VA is located. And I even live in Dallas. Yeah, I, I don't, don't even remember. live in Dallas. I live <laughs> about 35 minutes to take 35, 40 minutes for me to get from my home to my office in Dallas, which is on the north side of town. So the south side of Dallas takes quite a bit of time. Yeah. And it was so hard. I mean, I, I tried everything and trying to get them to let me have a flexible schedule. And then that didn't quite work out. And then was basically begging for them to let me go part time. And they just weren't at that time willing to to do that because I had two young kids and just I couldn't do it anymore, really. And so it was so hard. I mean, I like lengthened out. I didn't give two weeks. I gave like two months, you know, notice and just saying goodbye. And to everyone, it was really, really hard, really hard for me.
2: I think that's such a nice example, too, of oftentimes change entails like a loss, mm. right? So when we change, we're like ending something and there's like a new beginning piece that comes of it, but there can be a lot of grief and loss and change.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I love sharing office space with Avery and Mike and, you know, it's going into private practice has been really great. And I really enjoy supervising and teaching at UNT. So, I mean, it's it's been wonderful, but yes, it, it has been, it was bittersweet
0: I think for me, the hardest when you said that, what kind of popped up for me is that when I had my daughter, Wesley, I also at the same time, like at the end of my maternity leave, I use that term loosely, um, went into full time private practice. So I had been working at UT Southwestern part time and private practice part time and then had Wesley and really, and the reason I use that term loosely, I built up my private practice from like a part-time private practice to a full-time private practice in those three months that I had off. So kind of when... When I had her, I went from, you know, working full time kind of at an office away from the house to like trying to be a new mom and build this new business. Two babies at once. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And I remember one point in, in that period, I was talking to my husband and I was like, nothing about my life looks the same. And it was just, and, and I wanted to be, to have. A child forever. I mean, it was something we wanted. It was so exciting. I love. I still love being a parent. Loved being a parent of a new baby. Loved it. Love my private practice. It was all all good things, right? But it was it was a lot. It was really really hard. Yeah, to to navigate all of that change at once was was a, was overwhelming.
2: I think for me, I think probably becoming a mother has been you know one of the hardest changes because your whole identity and sense of self shifts. Right, I think up to that point in my life, like I can, you can kind of do, or I could do what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted, and then you have this other like being that you have to care for. Mm-hmm. So I think that's hard. And then actually for me, I think the the transition to college was hard too. Mm-hmm. I loved my high school experience. I had wonderful friends from high school, and I think it was really hard to go someplace new and kind of leave all that behind. And that's actually a conversation I've often with. Um, people going off to college is, I think, sometimes we paint college as something that should be exciting and awesome and wonderful. And it's all of those things, but I think it can also be scary and hard and sad and anxiety producing, you know, a whole host
0: of other things as well. So I think you're kind of tapping into this like expectation piece of like what, I mean, sometimes change feels a little bit more manageable when we can expect it and when we can kind of prepare for it, but sometimes it can feel less manageable when our expectations don't quite meet. What's happening? That that can be a loss, or even just kind of more painful. Yeah,
2: and the words. Like, I know some people working the, going off to college have been like, "Am I allowed to like f- be like scared or not excited? Like, like oh. feeling like ah, like no one is talking about this. Right.
1: Judgment is it allowed
2: that? to be hard?
1: Right, wow. and and that reminds me of like clients who become new moms and gonna say struggle with it's, you know just. Even it doesn't have to be diagnosable like postpartum depression, but I mean, like most women by and large have some sort of like adjustment or postpartum blues that come along with, with having new, you know, having kids. And, you know, we talk about how motherhood or parenthood does not mean that you love every single minute of it, every day that you automatically bond with your, you know, new child, all of this stuff. There's a lot of hardship that that goes or not hardship, but difficulty that goes into, you know, becoming a new a new parent. But so often what we see out there in social media and, you know, whatever else, you know, it's just really glorified as this wonderful thing. And then you feel badly, right? You feel badly. You're like, why am I not experiencing this? Like this is really hard for me. So yes, I think like those those expectations and what's put out there as kind of like the normal or expected experience versus maybe what really goes on for people.
2: And then you get that double whammy, right? You mm-hmm. have the, the experience yep. is hard in of itself, but right. then you have this layer of judgment and feeling mm-hmm. like oh, I'm not doing it right. So you have this like second layer on top of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It just makes that even harder. I, I remember that vividly with that new motherhood period, especially we we had, it took us a very long time to get Wesley and there, it was very painful and very difficult. And I remember around that, it was probably, I processed it a bit, but I was having this conversation with my cousin who I'm really like, very close to. And I said, you know, I'm just kind of making this realization that just because we wanted this and continue to want this doesn't actually make it not hard. And that we can be hard and beautiful and wanted and What I desired that those can both exist because I definitely was getting that message of Avery, you know, you've worked so hard for this. Like for five years, we've been trying to do this and now it's here and you're not allowed to like suffer or have it be difficult or complain or feel miserable that you haven't slept or that that all of that you you can't do that because you've like wanted this mm-hmm. and i think a lot of change is like that like like you've worked all your life to be in college you have to you want to be in college so it has to all be good right and and this idea that you can have both worked for it and want it and experience difficulty yeah. how do you hold that duality right like i'm ready to move on to the next
2: thing I'm yeah, still sad about the old yeah. thing right yes certain parts of it right Whatever right maybe right what about resistance to change? Do y'all ever resist change? And if so, how does that show up?
0: I think I'm more likely to be kind of like urgent around change of like, if something's going to change, I need, I'm, I'm going to be more like urgency related versus resistance. Do you like force it? Yeah. Like you're like, I'm going to figure yeah, it I've out. i decided that this is going to happen. So it's going to happen right now. Uh-huh. And so I, th- I think I might be resistant up to that point. That may be like a blind spot for me. But I think for me, like if something's happening, I'm much more going to be like, okay, let's just do it all right now versus like dragging my feet.
1: What about, what about for you? Mm, I think like for me, it, maybe sometimes there's a sense of like ambivalence mm-hmm. you know like yeah i kind of want it but i kind of don't <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean where it's kind of like oh, i don't i don't really know you know um, if i really want to do this or you know again like so many things like we were talking about there's a lot of change that comes that's that's out of, out of our control and i think yes like how we think about it really really makes a difference and so i think acknowledging sometimes some of the circumstances maybe that are changing around me, I don't have to like it Mm. in order to kind of accept what's going on.
2: So say a little more about that when you say how we think about it really makes a difference in, in, in our experience
1: of it. Yeah. I mean, I think, for example, like with me leaving the VA, you know, I I could have been really angry and resentful, you know, like, why aren't you giving me this part-time, you know, position? Like you make accommodations for other individuals, like I'm really upset, you know, and really drug my feet and just I don't know could have had all kinds of, of emotions, but then thinking, you know, forward as, as far as like, okay, well if I make this change, I go into private practice. Yes, it is scary to build a business. Like as you said, Avery, I mean it's it's very scary. It's stressful to build a business on your own and and have experiences of self doubt and all of those things. But You know, I think like being able to shift, like, what is it that I can, I can look forward to? How can I cope with this? How can I manage this is something that's, I I think, really, really helpful. Like some agency. Like, what can
0: I, what can I do? I might not be able to control all of this, but what can I do? Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's a big piece, I think, for me is like, what in this is controllable for me? And even if there's not a lot that's controllable, can I manage it? Can I cope with it?
2: When I think about resistance, I, an example came up recently, so I. Just finished this year-long leadership training that, that Jamie's now doing this year, so it ended in April, and so you have like the ending of the training, and and our group had posted on Facebook. That's where like our community had been, and then we switched over to like a new platform, mm. and um, none of us have really posted on the new platform. And I was thinking about you know why why is this? And I think we have the double whammy of kind of the training ending, but for me, I noticed a lot of resistance to this new. The platform is different. Like the look and feel of it is different. It doesn't seem the same. Like I don't have this like history on it. I have to learn a whole new system. Right. So we even think about these these changes and how then we resist kind of transitioning and moving on to something else.
1: Yeah. And I think like just from Like you were saying, I mean, that resistance can show up as like dragging my feet. (laughs) I will will procrastinate, you know, I will I will put it off. I mean, yes, I am part of that same leadership training. And when I found out like that, we're going to have to be on Facebook initially to post all this stuff. I haven't been on Facebook in years. And I mean, it took me I was probably one of the last people to get on there because I was like, I don't want to get on Facebook. I don't want to do this. So now we've switched to another network that I like a lot better. You, you like it better? So you have so, the opposite experience. It's worked for me.
2: <laughs> that's how change is. It works for some and not for others. So is this a, hard, a hot topic in your therapy work with clients? So change, how does this come up professionally?
1: I think it is the topic, right? (laughs) I feel like this is one of the huge things that we do is to help people move from a place of, of stuckness to where they want to go and help them figure out how they want to get there. I I don't have anybody on my caseload and let me know if y'all are getting these referrals, but I don't have people that are like, I'm so satisfied with how things are going. And I just want to chit chat with you for an hour and pay for it. Like I don't, those aren't the kinds of clients that I have. I would say the same. I think,
0: I think clients are either coming because they want change. They want to internally change from like where they are now to being in a different spot. Or, and I think in a lot of cases, they're responding to change, right? Like whether it's, I mean, I have a lot of people that come during those transitions that we're, we've been talking about, whether it's from middle school to high school or high school to college or parents getting a divorce or they're being a new baby. I mean, I think that that, like those periods of change happening to them is, is a big part of it for sure.
1: Right. And it's not like we haven't collectively all gone through the pandemic together and all of the changes that that has brought and how to adjust to constantly changing guidelines and what's opening up, what's not opening up and what's missing and what can we gain back. Yeah.
2: So ch- change in some ways then becomes a trigger for like the distress that brings people into therapy, right? So like yeah. there's a change and then like how we respond to it or what it stirs up anxiety, it stirs up anger, it stirs up fear. Like we shut down, we stop functioning, we overfunction. like whatever it may be. How does personality come into play when we think about change and our abilities to cope with change
0: and navigate change? It's an interesting point because I, th- I think I think in a lot of ways, personality can make us more adaptable to change, less adaptable to change.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's that, whatever it is, like the big five personality factors. And I think openness is one of those. And so just that can definitely have an influence on how open you are to new experiences and and change and things like that.
2: I've been thinking about this idea of like creatures of habit. I don't know if y'all are creatures of habit or you know any creatures of habit. And I think for people who are wired in that way, change is much more difficult. Mm Right. And I have a thing. Both my kids are somewhat anxious, but change is hard. Like they like to know what's happening and they like the routine. And so even shifts in routine or schedule or plans
0: can be very distressing. Mm -hmm. I I live with two people that have a very different personality than I do. And I think about the big change of pandemic. And for both of them, it was kind of like exciting, like problem solving. Like I remember when I, I think there was like a run on paper towels or toilet paper. And I was convinced then that we were never going to be able to find anything that we needed ever again because the world was changing. It was out of my control. It was super overwhelming. Um, And my husband was like, kind of, he was like, oh, we could like cut up an old sheet set and like make these paper towels and it'd be better for the environment. And then Wesley's like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, how are you guys excited by this? (laughs) Like the world is definitely ending. You're not seeing it. And it was like, so I definitely think they were more excited, open. Oh, this is like a challenge. And I was much more like, Very resistant. Yeah. 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 So in that way, very resistant. Like you've got the
2: creatures of habit, and then you have the people who like thrive off like adventure and change and things being different, and people who really resist repetitiveness. Mm -hmm. And then you have the people who are just see it as a challenge and open and creative as well. Okay. So, quick question. When you go to a restaurant, do you order the same thing each time?
0: Most often, yeah. I, I most often actually have restaurants for certain things. Yeah. I mean, with some variability. Like, there are some of my favorite restaurants that I'll try. I've tried a lot of the different things on the menu. But, like, I think when, in general, I go to, like, a restaurant because I really like the thing there. I don't
1: really stray. I like trying new things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> there are also some different personalities in this room. Right. <laughs> Similar to you, Avery. Though I mean, I have restaurants where I have like my my favorites of things that I know. You know, it's kind of like, well, I know this is delicious, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have this. But I do yeah. venture out. Like I love you know, I love trying new places to, to eat. I mean, great. We live in the DFW Metroplex. I mean, we're never going to run out of new places. So I like going and trying new things. Yeah. And I'm, I, you know, for me, it's always like, I'll, I'll try it once, you know, I'll at least try it once. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm but y'all have that experience okay so clearly Avery I'm more aligned with you where you (laughs) like go and you like you're like okay I'm at the same restaurant new restaurant like I'm gonna do something new and then you're like this sucks right like damn it right yes Yes. and that like disappointment
0: of your change doesn't work out so well Mm -hmm. right right you do have to kind of go with some openness which is not my strong suit
2: and it doesn't have to be perfect yeah not not my strong suit suit either Mm yeah
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, Or the disappointment, like when you do have like that expectation of I'm going to go to this restaurant and I'm going to have this, you know, favorite meal. And I remember we were at... Disney one time. Of course, it's Disney. Yes, it is. But um, we were at the Kona Cafe at one of the resorts and we went there for breakfast and I specifically had scheduled a reservation for huh? breakfast because they oh, have the Jamie. most she's got the I she's like, <laughs> like uh-huh. I'm like, I've done my homework. They, they have the best macadamia nut pancakes I've ever had in my life. I mean, that's the have first you time a lot I've had of macadamia I'm nuts. not, yeah. <laughs> I'm just assuming they're the best that I'll ever have. But yeah, I'll try somebody else's But But they didn't have them. And I was like, this is the Polynesian resort. It's yes. it's like based on Hawaii. How do you run out of macadamia nuts? Can I go to the store and get you some yeah. macadamia nuts? Was my pre, pre-pandemic. Yes, too. it was. Yes. This was years ago. But I was just like, oh man, now I gotta get something else. So yeah, I mean, sometimes there's that piece that I struggle with, like when I'm going in with this expectation of like, yes, this is gonna be great. And then, whoa, well, nope. Sorry. So
0: back yeah. to the force change, yes, change, the change that's forced. out of your yes. Yeah. yeah. And that did happen. I think for a lot of, I'm, I'm thinking of one of my favorite restaurants. I've had this favorite meal, this favorite restaurant, and they didn't, they didn't provide this particular sauce I really liked during the pandemic. It's back now. Thank goodness. It's Chewy's, the chinkin' enchiladas. Love them with the chimichurri sauce. But anyway, they were out of it. Like they didn't use it for all of pandemic. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get through the pandemic without money? <laughs> it, 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 ah. Like I was aware of that rigidity that like I had this place that I really like this thing and. I don't have a lot of flexibility. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so if a change is inevitable, right, we're
1: going
2: to have to like keep dealing with it. So what are some of your favorite strategies for coping with
1: change? We have none, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: one of, I think one of my favorites that I use with clients some is, and myself, like if change, if you're someone that change is hard for just knowing that about yourself and being able to name it and recognize it, right? So I have some clients where transitions, like new school years are hard. So we talk about, okay, we're starting a new school year. We can know that the first two months are just going to be harder. Like you're going to be a little more anxious. Your mood may be a little off and like doesn't mean anything is wrong or there's a problem. And this is just kind of how you respond to change. And so even naming it and normalizing it and kind of
0: allowing it to be has been a helpful strategy. And Mm -hmm. that settles it. I know. My daughter, Wesley, has has a really hard time at the end of the school year. And we've kind of had this experience a couple of years. And actually, we're planning a vacation, which will fall at the end of next school year. We had this conversation, well, that first day is going to be kind of hard for me, because it's gonna be the last day of school. But by, by the next day, I think I'll feel better. And I was like, wow, this awareness of even like a year down the road, like we kind of know that last day of school is hard. And I think just knowing, it may not take away the pain on that day, but it certainly takes all the stacking of the like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Or what does this mean? I think in that kind of acceptance can really be so, so helpful. Judgment. So yeah. that, like they yeah.
2: said, that layer, that secondary emotion and judgment that we, that we stack on, how do we kind of take that off and be kind of compassionate and kind with ourselves and meet ourselves where we are.
1: Yeah. And I would say, I think back to that piece of just sort of like normalizing what you feel, I think just reminding yourself that ambivalence is okay too. Yeah, You know, like that there are parts, certain parts of change that we might like and certain parts that we don't like, and that's okay. We can want it and not want it at the same time. And that's all right.
2: I Mm -hmm. love that parts of self-language. There's a part of me that wants
0: this and a part of me that wants that. Yeah. And I think for me, one thing that's been very helpful for me as I've navigated change is replacing expectations with acceptance of like noticing I get really caught in expectation, especially when I'm anxious, especially when there's change. It's like, well, I'm expecting that it's going to be this way. I'm expecting I'm going to get that damn sauce on my chicken enchilada or whatever, um, but kind of acceptance of just and that kind of gives me another path. Yeah. Yeah. So almost like how do we have some like mantras around that too? Like almost this idea that like
2: it's gonna be okay, right? Or this is not the way I imagined it, but like mm-hmm. that's all right. Mm-hmm. It's just something that helps shift. Cause I do think we get rigid and we have this idea that it's gonna be perfect, and anything other than that can feel distressing. And so, how do we just make space and like gently talk ourselves through that? I think the other thing with change, another strategy that's sometimes possible is we can sometimes plan and prepare for changes, right? And so if we are you know, once again, someone's going off to college and they're anxious, like, how do we get, like, the map and, like, know where your buildings are going to be or, like, talk to someone or have, you know, like, how do we start to, like, gather information? And um, Sometimes we can get a little too, like, obsessive and excessive with that, but when used
0: well. Almost the, like controlling what we can control or preparing for the things we can prepare for that we can't necessarily prepare for how we're going to feel on that first day of school or, or anticipate or expect but we can pr- we can have the things that can make that more comfortable know know the campus or be prepared i mean have have the things that we need have the items that we need to make us more comfortable That also because us something you do during the anticipation phase that can be i think really settling and calming as well
2: any other strategies for coping with change
1: I would say seek support. I think that's a a, don't be afraid to talk about what you're going through with other people that you trust. I think that that can really help sort of buoy you, you up when you're if the transition is, is difficult for you, if it's stressful or whatever.
2: In terms of seeking support, because I think the other, like, subset of, of change, and I, I think a lot with parents, and you have kids who are developmentally going through these different phases, yes. right? And they're changing, like, maybe they don't want to talk to you anymore, like, maybe they're in a certain stage, whatever it may be. So, I think getting support, reading books, like, having information that sometimes the change is secondary, like, outside of us, someone else is changing, and we're having to kind of yeah. respond to that mm-hmm. as well. Our aging parents, or right. whatever it may be. Okay, so if we move into Do Try This at Home, what does each of you recommend for our listeners who might be wrestling with change? Um, what are some concrete ideas to try at home?
0: I think that when I've been able to do change as well as I can for myself, it's when I'm very compassionate and nurturing. So I think about certain changes I've experienced and if I can kind of with those preparations care for myself in a very compassionate way, whether that's purchasing or planning items that might be helpful for me to navigate the change or even just having some acceptance that this is hard for me and it's okay that it's hard. I think that kind of caring for for myself in a way that I would care for someone else during that period can be really helpful.
1: Damn it, Avery. Did she take care of this? That's what I was gonna say. I think sometimes like that with the the compassion paying attention to your self-talk, I think kind of along those, those lines and what you're saying to yourself. One of my favorite Peloton instructors, her Instagram name is I am, I can, I will, I do. And so just thinking about like, yes, like I can, I can do this. I'm capable. I can manage this and just really paying attention to that, to your self-talk.
2: I think for me, it would be for those of you who are the creatures of habit. So for people who are a little more resistant to change naturally, I think intentionally changing things up in your life just to get some practice, be it driving a different way home, ordering something different for lunch, you know, whatever it may be, just little ways where you start to mix it up and expose yourself to that and just kind of see how that feels. hmm.
1: All right. So next week, we are going to continue this topic of change in a little bit of a different way. We're going to talk about nostalgia. So I guess that will do it for today. Thanks so much. And we look forward to seeing you soon.
0: Thank you for joining us for this
1: episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts.
2: We always welcome your feedback visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com.